Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hi there, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Douze Point, the Eurovision podcast from Team Binge Watch that is still in search of a catchy tagline. Now, I know what you're thinking. You weren't expecting to hear from me this week, not with our new fortnightly schedule. And we don't generally expect there to be a lot of Eurovision news in the off-season, but there was a breaking story this week that I thought was worthy of a quick mini-update. So, as you may have heard, there was an announcement this week that TAP Music have ended their Eurovision collaboration with the BBC after two years. The statement from TAP said, We are thrilled that Eurovision in the UK has a bigger and wider audience than ever before, and to have been part of the UK hosting it in Liverpool with Ukraine this year was an incredible moment for us, showing the unifying power and importance of popular culture. We're so proud of Sam and May for representing the UK so wonderfully, and are enjoying watching their careers flourish as a result. It's been brilliant working with the BBC these last two years, but for now, we think it's time to pass the baton back. We wish the BBC the best of luck with ongoing success and continuing to build the excitement and audience in the UK. Thank you to the BBC, who have been great partners on a fun journey. In particular, Susie Lamb, Rachel Ashdown, Andrew Cartmel, Lee Smithurst, Pete Ogden, Adam Wojcinski, and Lucy Youngman. We believe Eurovision is one of the greatest live music shows on the planet, and hope many more artists, new or more established, will see the huge opportunity it brings, and we know there is room for even more growth of the format, both in the UK and beyond. So what does this mean? Well, the first thing to note is that this wasn't particularly unexpected. The initial deal between the BBC and TAP in 2022 was for a single year, and while it made sense for both parties to renew it in 2023, in light of both Sam Ryder's incredible success in Turin and the UK hosting the competition itself that year, the impression from TAP always seemed to be that they weren't intending to commit to this on a long-term basis. So, while it's easy to read this as a reaction to May Muller's disappointing placing at this year's contest, it's fairly likely that TAP would have been stepping back after 2023 regardless. So the BBC are currently, outwardly at least, without a partner for the process of finding our representative for Eurovision 2024, though I'm sure they are busy making calls. They may find themselves in a slightly trickier situation than last year, as we're now in the position of having to prove that Sam Ryder wasn't a blip, and we can still find artists and songs capable of hitting the upper reaches of the scoreboard at Eurovision, and I'm sure it's a lot easier to get promising up-and-coming stars to commit to that sort of thing on the back of a runner-up finish than it is on finishing second from last. The BBC hasn't made any public declaration about their plans to Eurovision 2024 as yet. Indeed, according to Wikipedia, we're not even among the confirmed participating countries right now, although I'm sure that's an admin thing as much as anything. I think it is important to note that Kate Phillips, the BBC's director of Unscripted, is a big Eurovision fan and has said recently that she wants us to host again, this time after actually winning, so hopefully there is still an appetite within the corporation to select an act with the potential to do really well and continue the work of repairing our Eurovision reputation. How exactly all that is going to manifest remains to be seen. The BBC reverted to selecting our representative internally in 2020, which did lead to our best result in nearly 20 years, but also to zero points in 2021 and a 25th place finish this year, so it hasn't exactly been an unqualified success. Would we do any better if we reverted to a national final and let the public decide? Well, that's also doubtful. We let that happen from 2015 to 2019, and the shortlist of songs were often pretty underwhelming, and the best result we got from any of them was Lucy Jones finishing 15th in Kiev in 2017, which was largely due to the quality of Lucy as a performer, rather than anything particularly special about the song itself. So it would seem the hard truth here is that there's no obvious route to success for us. If it were up to me, 
I'd say we'd be better off continuing to select internally for now and doing our best to select good songs and performers until our track record has improved to the extent that we can attract a level of talent to have truly competitive national finals. But that obviously is a very, very long road that we need to set off down. In short, all we can do for now is wait for the BBC to let us in on what they're planning. We're down to participate in junior Eurovision in November, so perhaps the process for selecting our representative there might give us some clues. I'm sure there'll be words from the BBC in due course, so let's just hope they've got something special up their sleeves. That's it from me for now. I will be back next week with another feature episode, and in the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Twitter or x or whatever we're supposed to be calling it these days at bingewatch underscore pod and hit subscribe so you don't miss random unplanned releases like this one until next time good night europe and good morning australia Australia.